welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion is back. Whoop whoop. Wish we could have had a better result for Jimmy coming back on the show, but <laughs> Yeah, this is this is not the uh welcoming and, and the awesomeness <laughs> I was hoping for when I returned. Oh, trust me, we Oh shoot, Jimmy, Jimmy, watch out. Trey Moore is behind you. Trey Trey oh, Moore is right behind you. Oh shoot, Zach Fumble. Dude, they, they. I'm still ate. holding on to Baby Hampton. He didn't. He didn't get Baby Hampton from me, so we're good. <laughs> good, good. All right, guys. Well, um, this game recap episode and all game recap episodes are brought to you by Cahaba Brewing Company. I'm enjoying an Oka Uba IPA, uh, drowning my sorrows right now. But thank you so much for Cahaba Brewing Company on sponsoring our podcast. Guys, um, if you're listening, make sure you go down to the tap room and visit Cahaba or just go to your local supermarket or shop and buy a pack of Cahaba beer. But of course, UAB falls 41 to 20 in the Alamo Dome to UTSA, falls to 1 and 2 in AAC play. And two and five overall, Darian. I mean, do you do we want to just start with the with the that D line for UTSA specifically, Trey Moore? Just well, we in- can start. We can start how the games are started off by kicking off the ball, and we we can't kick off the ball. Yeah, special teams was awful. Um, so, outside of Matt, outside of Matt, Matt Quinn making those two field goals, it was dreadful. We can't kick off the ball. Like we resorted to kicking the ball out of bounds. Like we we can't we don't have a kicker to kick off the ball. Like and so you're already putting your defense that's not the best defense. You're already putting them in situations that's not that they shouldn't be put in. Almost every team in the nation has a guy that can at least kick the ball through the end zone. Not asking for much here. Like, just kick it through it. Or at least make them think about it when they return. At least if they return and have them return it from, like, their goal line or their one-yard line or maybe uh, the two-yard line or something to where we can make a tackle, but not returning it from the the freaking 10-yard line. Yeah, and I don't really get it, Darian and Jimmy. Like, I I know they had the really good return, but, I mean, outside of that, like, it's what you said. We would just booch it or just kick it out. Like, yeah, they had a really good return, one really good return, but why didn't we just keep just trying to kick it deep? I mean, were we just scared that much by that one good return to just say, oh, well, we're just going to try to booch it and squib kick it? And obviously none of those work. I have no idea. Jimmy. I thought they had two good returns. I was trying to – at halftime I was sitting back. Oh, they, they did. Out. It was two. It That's, was, right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. I, I was sitting at, at halftime and looking at some of the stats and looking at the starting field position and UAB for their one, two, three, four, five, six drives in the first half. They started from their own 25 um, for the majority of it. They also started once from their own 14 and once from their own 20. So nothing past their own 25. You look at UTSA, conversely, uh, they opened the game starting from their 25. But then beyond that, they started at the UAB 10 after the initial sack fumble. They started at the UAB 41, their own 32, their own 31 at midfield. So on three of those, uh, whatever it was, six drives in the first half, they started at midfield or, or plus territory. So that was certainly not, uh, you know, a good statistic there in the first half. Yeah, and it's, it's just really unfortunate because we need 
every yard. We need a team to drive every yard possible. And they probably can, but we need them to to do it. Like we do have a defense that can get you in third and longs and you know, to force you to make a play. But it's not gonna help anybody if they're starting at freaking midfield, you know, just a couple runs in, now you're at our goal line. It it's just not that's not winning football. So that has to be uh immediate something immediate has to happen there. I don't know what the answer is, but there has to be some kind of uh, solution there, or we're going to keep on getting the same results. Yeah, well, looking at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, losing swoops in the first half to that targeting penalty, and, I mean, I think we all three agree that that was a targeting penalty, um, but but that hurt. But, I mean, this rush defense, guys, it's, it's just – I really didn't think UTSA had that. I mean, I know they were decent running the ball with Kavorian Barnes and, and this Henry kid that, I mean, I really didn't expect until we had our, our had our interview with uh, Jared Kalmus. But, I mean, did you guys see some of these holes that that not even a good offensive line was putting up against UAB today? Natalie was watching the game uh, with me, and I, I stopped it uh, and just freeze-painted it a couple of times. I said, <laughs> Natalie, I'm not, I'm not a film guy myself, but I'm looking at here, and you see nothing but – gaping holes and just green grass in front of you and it felt like every single carry was five plus yards i mean every single time uh so yeah even even natalie as i was sitting there showing her and she's like man that's pretty bad yeah Yeah. i i i I wasn't really surprised because uh i went back and i had watched more than just the temple and that army game i had went back and i just started you know watching more games and they had those holes, like you sent that film, John, of Texas State, <clears throat> you know, versus uh, the O-line of UTSAs, and they were running the ball on Texas State. Those holes were there, except Texas State found a way to put them in a negative position and forced him, forced them to throw, and then they were able to get after them pass rushing, you know? Like, they put them in disadvantage. They, they rolled the dice and won – and got them into a second and 15s, and and then they were able to pass. I, I I even amended. The things that they did are things that we talked about. <clears throat> I hate to say that, but it's as if we're some kind of coaches or something, but it was clear. I went back, and I quote retweeted. I said, hey, one thing I missed, they can run the ball. They, they, will, they will run it down our throats unless we do something to kind of pack that box in and force them to beat us through the air, in which they won battles with uh, Taiki Ke- uh, Ogle Kellogg. He's a big body. He was hard. But, hey, I-, I will take that. But if you let a team just do what they want, if we got we got caught trying to play that in-between game. Another thing we said was Frank Harris isn't all of that explosive running the ball. The couple times he did pull the ball down to run, he was not explosive. He was not fast. Guys, I don't know why. <laughs> All we need is to dedicate one guy just to not bust an assignment. But for the love of God, man, like, I don't know why we went selling out kind of like packing the box. We played vanilla just like just like Temple did. It's like we looked at the film of Temple and was like, oh, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's do that. We just lined up and got gassed over and over again. And that was killing me to my core. 
because I do feel like staff-wise, this was not our best coach game. And we can, we're going to talk about the offense, and we already talked about special teams. But just to sit there and let it happen over and over again, no way we were supposed to be in that game down four um, after halftime and we scored. We shouldn't even been in the game because they they made a, a blunder of a play call. They could have just ran the ball in before half. You didn't and, like the double pass from the two-yard line? <laughs> that was the dumbest call. You know what was funny was they had they had Card- uh, Cardenas wide open without doing the double pass. All Frank had to do was just look up, and he was just sitting in the back of the end zone without doing the double pass. Just this was the, the game the of the zone. double pass. Y'all are looking for a rivalry name? It's just the game of the double pass. There was three of them. <laughs> I love it. Love when it. they stopped being cute, they was like, oh, we don't have to be cute. We don't have to be cute. Let's just run the ball and throw the ball, you know, play action them. But I could not stand just sitting there getting gassed over and over again, letting Frank Harris have time. Just the regular four down linemen. We were not getting there. We are not, but we're doing nothing. But then we look at their defense and they they got all these different pressures. They getting us in one-on-ones, you know, as we – as we don't even try to go downfield, we just go side to side. But they do all these different things, and we just do the same thing over again. I don't. Maybe it's something I'm missing. I'm not a coach, right? So I I'm not gonna pretend like I know. But that was hard to watch. Just getting gassed over and over. We just sit there and say, "Hey, let's do it again." It don't it don't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. Um, and you look at their third down efficiency, 8 of 13 from third. UAB just couldn't get off the field on third down. And some of those were third and longs. Like, they all weren't, you know, just third and shorts. And I don't know what the answer is, Darian. I mean, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I know it's not just sit back there and do what we've been doing and hope to God that the guy doesn't find somebody open on third down when he's just sipping – He's just sitting there. He's just we're not getting there. Temple didn't get there. And they got gas. The the film was there. And Texas State got there when they got him there. But hey, here we are. We're just gonna put out four down and just hope for the best. And we got the same result over and over, and we deserved that. This wasn't USF's offensive line. They showed that they can block up front, you know. And a lot of times with Frank, he didn't even have to hold on to the ball that long, but Send something different. I don't know what we did different on defense. Maybe y'all can help me, and maybe we need to, you know, have to wait to the after review. But it just seemed like we four down, three, three linebackers, two safeties high. Like, hey, guys, let's let's do it again. Let's try to stop them this time. Try harder was the defensive game plan. Try harder. Oh, just gross, man. Just gross. Darren, Darren, I'm gonna ask the question because I really don't know the answer. Is it a does it mean anything if four out of your top five tacklers uh, are DBs? Because I'm sitting here looking at this, and I mean there are some impressive statistics: double digit tackles for tackles for Ike Roll, Dempsey, BJ Mays. Uh, I do think outside of that had a good game with the interceptions, some other uh, plays that he made. But you know, like to me, it just kind of speaks to the fact that. You know, the the running backs, you know, were getting past the first and second line of defense like all night. Hey, spot on. That's probably the worst statistic that you want your defense to have. Like if you got safeties and corners 
as your leading tackle tacklers game in the game. Maybe you have a headhunter safety that's coming down a lot and can make plays, but corners as your leading tacklers, that means that you were getting gashed. You were getting gashed. And and to that to their credit, our, our offense didn't help them out. Like we gave them short fields. Our special teams didn't help them out. And our staff didn't help them out. I don't think anybody helped out our defense. And I don't understand why some of the younger guys didn't get burned. You know, like Smalls had a really great game, and then I finally saw him get in. He had a good tackle for loss. It's just I think it was probably our worst coach game of the year. And we just didn't help our guys out on the offense or defensive side. Hey, John, I'll say this is that I know there's a lot to not like about tonight's performance, but, you know, if we can just maybe kind of focus a little bit on some of, of the positive performances. I thought Skull was was really, really good tonight. Um, obviously, catching the ball, uh, you know, dual threat, you know, running the ball, hell, throwing the ball, whatever he's got to do, um, you know, to really uh, put on a show uh, for him individually. I, I was really happy with him and you know, there were some other moments tonight, uh, you know, whether it was the offensive possession, um, you know, the second offensive possession of the game for UAB, uh, where they had the response, a 10 play, 75 yards from the touchdown, you know, Zeno using his legs on, on a couple of different occasions, including that third and goal situation. That was a positive for me. And then in the second half uh, on the drive that we scored, it might have been our only touchdown in the second half where T-Palm came up with a big catch and he got injured there for a second um, and, and Skull made some good plays. I just, there was a lot of bad in tonight, but I thought we could maybe just talk a little bit about that performance by Skull. And I thought that T-Palm had uh, some good catches as well and some good moments. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy. I thought Skull had a really good game. I'm really the, uh, a second, you know, he had a really good game last week too, but continuing that momentum into this week, um, but but I'm glad you bring that up. You know, you you, you think about UAB in this game um, <laughs> within minutes goes down 14 to nothing, and this team could have just rolled away and just said, no, nah, it's just not our night. But that second drive by the offense, they responded and made it a game, and really, you know, damn near were in the game until the fourth quarter, um, or, or late in the third quarter at least. So you have to give props to the team for not quitting and you know, trying to claw their way back in their game. It's just they they just couldn't get over that hump. And, you know, the defense would eventually get a couple stops. And, I mean, Zeno would just get sacked. Um, and the offensive line just could not hold up that defensive front for UTSA, um, especially in the second half. I, I feel like it got a lot worse. Um, couldn't hold up Trey Moore. Well, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we talked about this guy. Like, this is what I don't like. I remember number zero from Georgia Southern. I remember um, Patrick, I forgot his last name, um, from Tulane. Jenkins? Patrick Jenkins from Tulane. And then we, we talked about these dudes, man. We talked about Trey Moore. Talked about him in depth. Like, hey, this is their dude. Obviously, it pops out on film. And this is why I'm so frustrated. I want to give props, and Skull did have a good game, but I'm such a process-driven guy. I'm not a – if I was a math teacher, I'd definitely be a show-me-your-work type person. Don't show me the results. I want to <laughs> see the work because that's that's what's important. That's, that's, that's what you can carry over. 
And that's why I'm so big on film. And I knew this dude was going to be trouble. Like, I knew this dude was going to be trouble. Anybody that watched film know that. And and if you watch film, you will know that we don't have the best pass blocking offensive line. We're, we can be decent run blocking, but you can get our guys, right? So chip him. Chip him. Have the running back in. We got the running back doing so many routes. They're sending blitzes. They're getting one-on-ones. And he is eating up. He changed that game. If you take Trey Moore out of that game, it's a lot closer. I don't think we win, but it's a lot closer than what it was because he was the guy making those game-changing plays. That strip sack, that was him. All of those killing killing our momentum, third down, fourth down, that was Trey Moore. And they moved him around, especially they got him locked in on our right tackle. They got him locked in. It wasn't even fair to Tater because Tater was trying. It wasn't a bust. He wasn't busting. He was just getting beat. But uh, even the plays that you saw Jacob Zeno, how many times did he flush out to the right? Like half of the game he was flushing out to the right, and Trey Moore didn't have the sack, but he pressured our guys to go out to the right. I don't understand why we can't just like line a receiver up in the slot just to bump him, get a tight end over there, bump him, and help our offensive line. But we refuse to do that. And that is why I am I'm livid because it's like we what what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't I don't understand that. I do think there's a hundred percent on the coaches. Or not helping our guy. Now I say that, like I would say that if I saw it, and if they wanted to have, why would they talk to me about it? But that's just a hundred percent how I feel. You know, it's not a criticism; it's what was shown on film. The dude had a career day against us, and that's because we let him have a career day. We didn't help our guys give them a chance to try to win the games. You know, just got hit and got knocked out the game. Yeah, and I mean, I do want to give props to UTSA. I thought they played one hell of a game. And, and Jeff Trailer and that staff, you know, coached one hell of a game. So I want to give props to UTSA. Um, but Jimmy brought a good brought up a good point um, or something that we need to talk about. Um, we're about, what, 19 minutes in. I'm, I'm kind of done talking about this game, to be honest, um, until, until the after review. So shout out patreon.com slash blazerpod when we look at the film um, again. But let's let's talk about the rest of the season. After today, today's performance, tonight's performance, Darian, Jimmy, I mean, what would your realistic expectations be after, was it seven games? Yeah, two and five after uh, our three, seven games so far this season. Like, do, do, make, they get, do you want me to go first? <laughs> do, do they get to a bowl game or do we just need to? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can take it. Um, So we're two and five currently right that's the current record correct so i would i would say it's easy to say that we will not be favored the next two games um memphis at home and fau at home as well and if oh, i thought if, you were talking about the bye week <laughs> oh no bye week bye week's gonna be strong uh yes. we've had some i heard we had some good practices um so I would say we're not going to be favored to win those two games. I think those are going to be tough. I think those are going to be tough games to win. I think it's more likely that we lose those two than not. 
And then you look at the last four games, or excuse me, uh, the last, I think it's three games of the season. I'm thinking of the the Navy, Temple, and North Texas. Um, I'd like to think that we can win two out of those three. Um, so what does that put us at, at four and eight? Most likely the over-under coming the year was four and a half. Uh, I know I was sure as heck hoping for uh, bowl eligibility, if not more. And it's not to say that that cannot happen, but even going into this game, I know in our group text, we were talking here recently, like, uh, you know, they showed some of the ESPN predictor measurements, uh, UTSA's remaining schedule tonight. Um, you know, the, the rest of the season schedule ha- has been favorable for us, the, at least the outlook of it uh, with the back end. Um, so, you know, can we still get to five or six wins? Sure, it's possible, but uh, I think you're looking at four or five games is what's going to be most realistic. And then going to Darian's point earlier, it's like if we do go four and eight or five and seven, barely miss a bowl, what do we look like in terms of the process and getting there? Uh, Do we have another one of these games where, you know, there's a lot of disappointment in performance or uh, are we able to end the season with some consistency in the process or in the uh in in, in terms of the process is, is certainly what i know we'll be looking for yeah um i don't know i think the thing about this team that that makes it hard to quantify like looking at the games that we could win or not is i i think we we clearly shown that we we are not just going to get beat down right like we we can stay in games but i think significant growth has to continue to happen you know, so our our coaching staff has to learn to make adjustments. One thing I feel like I think we get locked in on our game plan a lot and we kind of stick to it. For example, y'all remember the, the dreaded counter play that we kept running and running and running and running against Tulane. And it's kind of like, when do we get out of it? Like, when do we say, hey, that's not working right today? <clears throat> we were going to side to side them to death. And it's clear about it's clear that they look at film too, and they were really aggressive in stopping that. Okay, we we landed a double pass because they were aggressive one time. All right, we landed one double pass, but guys, like how many times are we gonna go side to side, side to side, side to side, and then everything was tackle for loss, tackle for loss, tackle for loss, make it. Scrap it. Just it's, it's okay, you know. And I think we're just uh too bullheaded right now, and we just want to do what we want to do. And we have a game plan, and we are poor at making adjustments. That's how I feel like we are. If we don't change that, I don't. I mean, I, Navy maybe um that's gonna be at Navy, so who knows? But they don't look all that good that this year but hey we don't either um temple we should get north texas we should get yeah i mean i mean memphis isn't world beaters but they're better than us right now um and who who else we got here fau I think I think we're kind of on par with FAU. I think the thing that that makes us uh, that that's the difference with FAU. FAU's defense is is better right now, um, and they and they drug 
USF, like how bad is USF? USF sucks. Let's start. <laughs> that, that, that makes me that makes me feel better. USF yeah. sucks, but you know maybe maybe we can get them at home. So, um, I mean we have some chance. We have chances, but unless we don't learn how to adapt, and we have a team that'll fight. We'll fight with anybody. We fought with Georgia, right? So we'll fight with anybody. But I do think we have to have we have to make changes, like. We can't be so bullheaded and trying to do what we want to do. We have to be able to adjust, and I don't think we're good at that right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll go real quick, and I'll throw it to Jimmy. Um, I know he wanted uh, one more comment on UTSA. Um, real quick, though, you, you have to win one of these next two games. I mean, you have to beat hopefully Memphis in a robbery game um, or at least get uh, FAU after the bye week. and. I mean, we we really I, honestly, I really wish the bye week was this next week um, to give a break before the Memphis game. But hey, you, you know, nobody has the perfect bye week, so yeah. So I mean, but as far as expectations goes, I mean, let's just see progress. Like Darian said, let's just let's hopefully see some adjustments made. Um, you know, in game adjustments as well um, from this staff and see if these players you know can keep playing hard and just see where it goes but jimmy i'll throw it to you um and then we'll wrap up hey i know we might have some utsa listeners because they might be enjoying our tears right now they can just hear it in our voice like we're we're defeated but uh i want i want to share some love with utsa because you guys um had said on some previous episodes that there's a lot of love between these two fan bases and as i was sitting here we're down 21 points whatever it was in the fourth quarter i was thinking back to a couple of years ago and I was like, I know that I had some pretty high remarks on, on UTA. Sir. Cut out. Yeah. Jimmy, you cut out. Um, Wi-Fi didn't want, want you to give UTSA some <laughs> too love, much but, love. Yeah. Yeah. But like on the Jimmy's point, like shout out to UTSA, man, shout out to those guys. They were the better team and they're good people. Like they're good people. And it's always just a heads up. Uh, I mean, it's always just a, a nod of respect. And, and to go win this thing, we're not going to win it. So if I, if I hope for anybody, Tulane will be my third. But I, I wish for UTSA to go ahead and win this thing. You guys are, are good enough. Hopefully you guys remain healthy. You look like you guys have found a good starting five up front. And um, yeah, yeah, you guys have some playmakers. I love uh, Robert Henry, that the bag of running back. He's he's explosive, got good balance. Um, I think Jimmy's back, but yeah, shout out to UTSA, man. Y'all go ahead and win this thing. Y'all were better than y'all are better than us, and uh, we're we're not we're not too less of a man to say that this it was proven right there. Yeah. Y'all beat us, beat us down. So respect to y'all. Hats off, Darren. Can you hear me in my back? You back, baby. Yes, I'm back. Trade more uh, got him for saying, a second. <laughs> <laughs> Down but not out. Uh, so I was just saying, I was thinking about UTSA as they were up in the fourth quarter. And, you know, <clears throat> there's always been a lot of love share between those two fan bases, as as you guys referenced on some recent episodes. And so I was looking back at my text thread, going back to October 31st of, of 2021. And here's my text is that UTSA passed us by so quickly. I'm truly envious. And then the person I was texting said, essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, like, hey, it's let's see them do it for four or five years. Like, it's still early. They could turn out to be like the UNT uh, coach. UNT had paid 
their prior coach uh, a lot of money as well. And I said, they have so much momentum and did what a lot of G5 teams can't or refuse to do, spend some serious money. Uh, I'm jelly, but also excited for them uh, and to see what they're going to be able to do in the AAC. And I did also quote, we will still own them in basketball, though, which is true. Uh, but I just want to say shout out to UTSA because going back to 2021, they dropped the bag uh, for trailer two and a half million, I think it was. And, uh, you know, we had things going as well. Uh, but that was a real just like sh they were showing that they were big time. They knew they were going into the AAC and they spent the money and they put the time and the resources in to make sure they had their guy. And yeah, they're three and three this season, but um, you know, back to back conference championships. And then you saw the graphic uh, on this evening's game about the rest of the season schedule. They're going to, they're going to get close to probably run the table, the rest of conference, if they play like they did tonight. And uh, I just have a lot of respect for that UTSA program. And before and before we wrap it up, I just want to have a little perspective on us guys again. And I know people don't like to hear this, like I said, but I'm I'm too process driven to be caught up in emotions all the time, right? We can say we can have our criticisms. It doesn't change the fact. Brand new coach, a team that is sticking the game. See, so we we have a brand new coach, a brand new staff, and we have players that are stay in games. We have to give this staff time to learn, to go through bumps. This is part of the process. While I am frustrated, I was the most critical of the staff of the game today. At the same time, there's also a macro perspective to this all. You, in order to get, in order to like get better and to appreciate the sunny days, you have to go through the rainy days. This, we are not exempt from the process. We lost our entire offensive line. We, we lost our whole line back and court. We lost our safeties. We lost guys to the NFL. Like we lost a lot, right? And we're we tried to replace them with guys that were on the roster that didn't play a lot last year. And then we brought in a whole bunch of high schoolers. The process is still I still believe in the process that's, I'm still excited for the future of this team. We have good players there, young on this team, and we have good coaches. I believe that. I just think we have to give them time. They have to grow. The players have to grow. I think they've shown they can grow. It, it was a good thing. Like going into the season, I wouldn't even thought that we had a chance to beat UTSA, to be honest. It was in the Alamo Dome, and we know this team. They returned so much, so much continuity, so much. They have a six, seven-year quarterback, yo. Like, they won conference with him. They've killed us. And you, I thought that we had a chance to win going in, this going into this game with this young-ass staff and all these young players that we had. I still thought we had a chance. They ripped our heart out, but – we were there somehow, some way we were there and then they kind of steamrolled us. But all that to say is we have a lot of good stuff going on right now. It's the process. Next week, we'll see. Have they grown? Have they learned from this? We have to give them space for that. And just keep that. Always keep that perspective. Be critical of the game, but I always keep the macro perspective alive. All of this, I'm a, I'm done with the staff. I'm y'all chill out, bro. Chill out. What did you expect going into the season? 
I, I like the fact that we are growing and we are taking our bumps. Let's see how we respond. That's all.